KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. You know, guys, I am married and happily so, especially because I don't know what I would do if I had to be dating in this day and age. Be thankful you're not. <laughs> it ain't fun. I say this as the lone single guy in the, out of the three of us who has been attempting to date for the better part of the last year or so. Trust me, it ain't fun. I'm sorry, Jay. It It is what it is. I'm thankful I got you guys here because at least that brings just a little bit more happiness into my life, by the way. <laughs> It's a fun day. It's a warm, fuzzy day. You know, it puts you to the test trying to channel that romantic gene, get the kids involved if you have them. But of course, this is an opportunity to appreciate whatever partner you have in life, people you love, dating, not dating. You know, this should be, we need warm, fuzzy days these days, gosh darn it, and this is one of them. Yeah, you know what? We are here in the city of brotherly love. We can celebrate all kinds of love today. But if you are looking for romantic love, we're going to be talking to a dating coach later on, so we can help you out with that, too. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. And this is the Valentine's Day edition of the JohnCast. And we're going to talk about what's happening at the iconic love park here in the city of Philadelphia and how the city got that treasured symbol of love right here into Philadelphia. But first, Super Bowl was last night. Because every year the Super Bowl gets a little bit later in the year, and now it was right before Valentine's Day. I loved it to lean into today's theme. I loved the game. Good game. Close finish. Phenomenal halftime show. And I really thought the commercials were tremendous. I was in on the commercials. And it might be an unfortunate sign because... You know, we were like sitting around being like, hey, you know, this is like a nostalgic commercial for someone who grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s. Another nostalgia. I think I'm just getting old, but there were a lot of nostalgia points on the commercials. I loved it. And Brian, you made a very good point. It's like, this is for the people who grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s. You know, people like me, where I'm like, geez, when did... When did I hit that age bracket? (laughs) Just seeing that, it's like, this is so cool, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, wow. Now I know how, like, my parents felt when Prince would do it or when Michael Jackson did it at the Super Bowl 30 years ago now, like, that kind of thing. It's like, okay, we've hit that point where gangster rap is now being treated like 80s pop music to a large generation of people. Nostalgia has huge appeal right now, and I get it, you know. I like to reminisce about my childhood and anything 90s related is, like, Cool. Puts me in a good mood. Uh, I actually did not watch the Super Bowl at all, not even for the commercials or halftime, but I will watch. I'll go on YouTube and check out that halftime show because this was the first hip hop halftime show, which is like shocking that it's what number Super Bowl are we on? And this is the first one. Super Bowl 56. I thought Dre looked presidential up there. He looked like he was having the time of his life. Like I, I was talking about with my wife. He just seemed like he had this obvious pride about him because it was in LA, but it was like he was the true MC of it. He just had this like air about him that came to the TV, how proud and happy he was. It was great. It was awesome. He's the professor emeritus of rap of of West Coast rap. It's just that is that that's a part of our lives. And it makes me feel super old. And as I just kind (laughs) of gave away the jig on how old I actually am. But Brian, it wasn't just the nostalgia that came out of the Super Bowl, however. We know regardless of how big of a sports fan you are, Super Bowl is just kind of like one of those transcendent pop culture things. It can be a gluttonous night, depending on what you're consuming. But I thought it was great to see that there were some shelters in and around the Philadelphia area 
getting involved in the spirit of the Super Bowl, having meals, watch parties to help people in need. I know Sunday brunch, which is dust off the Vine Street Expressway in Philly and around Chinatown, did something. And also in Burlington County, a shelter hosted a watch party for its residents as well. The pastor there is Darlene Trappier. She's also the shelter's executive director. She talked about why she wanted to do this. Life is already beating them up. People do not care about the homeless because they see them as part of the pavement. But I see them as human. I want them to sit down, laugh, forget about their troubles, and just enjoy the game. Yeah, this was out at a nonprofit shelter in Mount Holly called Beacon Hope. They set up a projector, ordered food from local restaurants. They had balloons. I mean, that's just such a heartwarming thing to do. And again, yeah, if you, even if people aren't into sports, they can come inside, be warm, gather, connect with other people, and just have a good time. No, that's a that that's awesome. And she's a pastor and legitimately doing God's work there. As we talked about the Super Bowl, then there's also the other side of it. You know, I actually tweeted about this yesterday just being like, is this still a thing? Does the puppy bowl still happen? Oh, yes, it still <laughs> happens. There was actually a watch party for it at Devil's Den in South Philadelphia. It was benefiting a local shelter. And, of course, who else but KYW's John McDevitt was out there at this puppy party. Morris Animal Refuge was benefiting from this watch party. Grace Erickson with Morris was holding four-month-old Thor, who's looking for a forever home. This year we do not have any in the bowl. Um, we weren't able to make it out there just with the pandemic and everything. Um, but we still wanted to support the event. It's a great event for all shelters in the U.S. It's a huge, great event, and it brings a lot of attention to us. And we have some puppies, so might as well make a day out of it. It's always like these most ridiculously cute dogs, too. Just They're all just adorable so little cute. guys. The funny thing is, to bring it back to the Super Bowl, by the way, you want to know who was the host of the Puppy Bowl? Snoop Dogg, the same guy who <laughs> who performed at halftime of the Super Bowl. It just, Very appropriate. It, just, it, it all comes full circle out here. And not just, of course, Super Bowl was yesterday. Today is Valentine's Day. And here in the city of Philadelphia, you can't really talk about love without thinking about the iconic Love Park in Center City. Now, of course, you know they have some good stuff going on for Valentine's Day. And did you know that's not even the official name of the park itself? I learned that recently. I did not know. So now I'm curious to find out how it got that name and where that whole history comes from. We actually have someone here who can explain that to us. Rachel Ferguson is the Chief Innovation and Global Diversity Officer over at Visit Philly. And she's here to join us today to tell us about what's happening at Love Park. Rachel, good to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to speak to you guys. I appreciate the invitation. First thing I got to ask, obviously, is where did the name Love Park come from? So actually, the official name is the John F. Kennedy Plaza. And the artist that designed the sculpture, and we like to call it a sculpture, it was the famous Robert Indiana. And Robert Indiana debuted the design of his famous sculpture as a painting in 1964. And after constructing the piece, Indiana lent it to the city of Philadelphia as part of the U.S. Bicentennial in 1976. And believe it or not, a local businessman bought it and donated it to Philadelphia. So this is truly an iconic image. It represents the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And we're so happy to have this iconic image, this attraction here in our city in this beautiful green space. So many tourists and locals alike come to visit. And why not during Valentine's Day, all the more reason. 
Now, this love symbol is kind of all over the place. There's another there's another one on Penn's campus. It shows up on postcards, on keychains. It's as much of an indelible logo for the city of Philadelphia as the Liberty Bell, the Eagles logo. It's like that is what is a part of the city of Philadelphia. Why has the Robert Indiana sculpture become so synonymous with the city of Philadelphia? I think our region, you know, we're known for our love and our grit. We're known for, we're going to look out for one another. We're also known that, hey, if things are are rough and we're having a hard time, whether it be because of the pandemic or whether it's whatever the issue may be, that we do try to rally with one another. So love has so many different meanings, whether you're looking out for your brother or sister, your neighbor, your friend, and we love Philadelphia. It's a world-class city with so much to offer. So we think that is an amazing image to have that's synonymous with our city. Now, this year, Visit Philly has something really special happening out at Love Park, the JFK Plaza, whichever people prefer to call it. There's a balloon (laughs) installation there today. And you guys are hosting weddings there all year. In fact, occasionally it's not uncommon to drive by there and see people, the full wedding party, standing underneath the statue. What else is happening out there? So what we have going on today, Visit Philadelphia is helping people celebrate Valentine's Day um, with a new balloon installation in Love Park that will serve as the backdrop for three weddings taking place uh, today as part of the Rise and Grind Get Married 2022 promotion A lot of times weddings take place in Love Park, not just on Valentine's Day, but from March 16th through November 2nd, there are wedding ceremonies that are occurring. And so people can still get in and do this. They're getting married here in the city or just want to come to Philadelphia to get married under the love sign. Exactly. So wedding Wednesdays actually take place between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. each Wednesday from March through November. The ceremonies are held at the Love Sculpture. And if you've never visited or seen it, well, you have to check it out. It's on the eastern side of the park near City Hall. So a lot of weddings, unfortunately, had to be put on hold over the last year and a half, two years or so. Is this going to kind of cause a run on weddings? Are we going to like have a backup Is 2022 turning into kind of like the year of the the Love Park wedding, basically? Well, what we're seeing, there are a lot of micro weddings taking place. And so to me, it's like, hey, if you want a ball on a budget, (laughs) why not? (laughs) You know, Um, but you can have smaller events. Um, It's great that Love Park is here and that's an option. And there's so many nice restaurants that can also host different wedding parties and families that are coming to visit, celebrate, reconnect. We love that, you know, stay the weekend, stay a day, two, three. There's so many things to do for your wedding party. And there's definitely good, clean fun if you're looking for, you know, bachelorette celebrations or what have you as well. I don't know if bachelorette's uh, celebrations strike me as good, clean fun, but I know I know what you mean. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about that. I was going to leave that alone. But but yeah, I mean, people could have. We have we have plenty of options. Whether you're looking to go to like the Four Seasons and a great luxe spa, we have boutique hotels here, great restaurants, plenty of events. Check out visitphilly.com. Even if you're not looking for the good clean fun, fine. Jeez, Jay, fine. <laughs> that one's on me. I'll own it. How do I get blamed for this? Like, <laughs> you better save me. <laughs> There are options for for both, for all kinds of fun. (laughs) 
Now, those of you who aren't at the wedding stage yet, but if you're still looking for love, maybe dating was tough for you in the pandemic. We'll be talking with a Philadelphia dating coach and matchmaker in just a few minutes. That's Rachel Ferguson, the Chief Innovation and Global Diversity Officer over at Visit Philly. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks for having me, guys. Keep it right here for the JohnCast. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. And this is the John cast. And dating has obviously looked very different over the last few years, particularly since 2020. So how do you meet people when you're trying to stay home for safety? Well, we're going to hopefully get that question answered because we are joined today by Christy Price, who is a matchmaker and dating coach here in the city of Philadelphia. Christy, first, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So let's just get right to it. How have you seen the dating scene change since 2020? Well, it's changed quite a bit, as you all know, with the lockdowns and everything. I think the main thing is the divorce rates have gone out. More people are out there dating again. Also, people that may have been fine being alone felt really isolated during the pandemic. And they're like, you know what? I don't want to be alone the rest of my life. So now is the time to actually get out there and meet people. So last year, people were meeting people online a lot um, and not doing video chats, that kind of thing. And they actually go on car dates and like outside like walks and things like that. People actually pull up beside each other and have a conversation in their car. So that was interesting. It it made things really uh, interesting last year that way. And now that people are kind of getting out there again, it's kind of still followed suit in terms of video chatting. Because with online dating, you have a lot of people at catfish. You know, they don't look like their photos or 10 years younger. There are all these filters going on. So people now are still continuing to jump on a video chat before they meet in person just to uh, save time and make sure there's a connection. I think that's pretty cool. That's one cool thing that came out of the pandemic and helps people with online dating filter off the people that aren't looking like their pictures or aren't authentic. I know online dating, as you just mentioned, there has seen it's kind of I mean, it's come it's been around for years, but really over the last you mentioned there three, four years, this has become a big part of it. You mentioned the catfishing and everything else. And people were starting to kind of get back into the, just the dating scene of getting back out there. Things started to open up and then Omicron happens just before Christmas and kind of changes everything again. How do you help people navigate through all these unexpected changes? And I know people might be a little jaded because of the online thing. How does the way you do it help out and how does it differ? That's a good question. So I do the matchmaking. So People that hire me for matchmaking, actually, I screen them and go through a litany of questions, getting to know their value systems, their life and relationship goals, interests, hobbies, politics. Vaccinations are a thing now, too, right? People are vaccinated or not vaccinated. So that's um, something that's very important to most people. So I actually screen uh, my clients and go through all these questions and meet them in person. And then I actually introduce them to people who are like-minded and are mutually aligned with their life and relationship goals and what they're looking for. And I screen them, meet them in person or do a Zoom call. So there's no catfishing. There's no ghosting. There's none of that. I actually concierge the whole process and make sure that they're both aligned with wanting to have a relationship and not just playing around, but you get a lot with online dating or maybe they're married or in a relationship. Like you just don't want you're getting with online dating. So it's, it's hard to navigate. And it's also discouraging because people just disappear. You get a conversation going and then they're gone. So it, it's tough. Christy, for people looking for a relationship, have you found that the pandemic has caused them to be more or less selective? Are people trying to get into relationships more now because they're eager to find that connection, that match? Has the pandemic changed people's selectiveness when it comes to dating and romance? 
I think if they're doing online dating, it's gotten so discouraging that instead of jumping around, because there's a perception of perfection when you're online dating, because it's like your kid in a candy store, but it's not real. <laughs> it's like Facebook, right? So people are actually, I think, trying harder to find someone that's mutually not with what they're looking for. And they may not be as apt to jump back online if there's a little uh, bump in the road with that relationship, which I think before happened. So I think that's important. But then also on the flip side, I think people are very desperate to meet somebody and they might lower their standards as opposed to before pandemics. I've seen that with some coaching clients. I'm like, do you really want to get into the situation with this person? You know, dating's hard enough. And they're like, oh yeah, maybe not. You know, think of the law of uh, attraction and what you want to bring in and uh, not the law of scarcity, law of abundance. So let's just say someone comes to you looking for a match. Like, how do you find the right person for them? What's kind of what goes into that? That's important. So I meet with them. I literally go through questions about their your childhood, their relationships, uh, their value systems, religion, politics, uh, their interest, hobbies. So a very active person is not going to be want to be with a couch potato. So it's also about lifestyle and um, career goals and education and all of that. So I just get a feel for people because I've been doing this for so long. I was an executive coach before this. So just meeting them, it's a very personalized process. So when people work with me, they work with me too. So after I introduce them to the first date, I actually go through questions afterwards. What worked? What didn't work? Um, how can we do a better job moving forward? But I can't predict chemistry. That's one thing I can't predict. But I, I make sure that they're aligned with um, basically the life relationship goals and value systems is so big too. That, um, the people are mutually aligned there. And even sense of humor. So some people want to have to have someone with a sense of humor. So I'm not going to pick someone that's really dry. That might work for someone else, but not with that person. And just out of curiosity here, you mentioned you've been an executive coach before. What was it that got you into doing this? Where where did you first have the kind of the spark to be, become a matchmaker and help people find love like this? Well, I got divorced, uh, gosh, it's been 17 years now. And uh, I was online dating was kind of crazy then. And I'm very much a trusting soul. So I thought everyone online was uh, telling me the truth and they wanted a relationship. So I had to really step back and kind of learn about myself. So uh, learning to look for red flags when dating and kind of not just jumping in too quickly. And then also being able to put that feminine energy out and just be more loving and caring um, was something I also worked on. So I started to do this to help women and men not make the same mistakes I did after divorce because I was a bit of a train wreck out there when I first got out. And uh, it just kind of evolved into people asking me, like, well, I don't want to online date anymore because I was helping them with online dating and writing profiles. Can you please you know, introduce us to people like you did for executive coaching for businesses? And I thought, yeah, I can do this. So it came out of I never thought it would be a real job honestly, but now I love helping people and it's really evolved in a place where I can help people meet people for love and help them out to get out there and navigate on their own without getting hurt too badly because it can be tough out there. It, it definitely can be tough out there and online dating, the apps can be very risky. Do you have any advice for people avoiding traps and catfishes? We just have this Netflix special out there about the, the Tinder swindler dude. What can yeah. we do to kind of make sure that we don't fall into a trap like that or something similar? Right off the bat, uh, if people don't have a profile picture, or haven't written too much, you kind of want to stay away from them. But the other thing is, the main thing is get their full name. I do background checks with all my clients. So at least get their full name and their age, which they probably lied about anyway, but at least you can get close. <laughs> and look them up on Google, or you can go and been, been verified is what I've used. So that is something that's... Um, uh, so it's been really crucial for my clients to make sure that they don't get into situations they don't want to. 
because uh, there are a lot of people out there that are scammers, like you said. Um, you want to make sure that you know you've talked to them, you video chatted with them, if, especially in that situation. So uh, I had one client once that before she came to me, this guy had been talking for two months, video chatting, talking for two months. He's from Italy, come to come meet her, booked a hotel, the whole thing, and then. Few days before he came, oh, something happened with my business. Can you send me five thousand dollars? Well, if you did, don't do it. You don't love me, so you really have to be careful of those things. Uh, and also, if someone doesn't meet you within a week or two, just jump off because they're probably just either in a relationship or they're a scammer, and you just don't want to get into too deep and get your heart hurt. I'm married, so I don't have to be going through this right now. <laughs> and I'm so I'm so glad because the online dating seems to be like the thing. And I think about it, even in terms of like when I moved to Philadelphia and wanted to make new friends, I didn't know where to go. You don't have those built-in extracurriculars or activities. I'm not really one for like going to clubs and trying to meet people at bars. Like, is that um, is that something that people still do? Trying to pick somebody up at a at a? Can you get a relationship first of all out of meeting somebody at a bar? Do you find that to be like successful? And then. If not, what else, like where else do people go to actually meet each other if not online? That's a really good question. And I steer, I have people steer away from like meeting people at bars, especially if it's late night because you really don't know who those people are because they're already drinking and whatever. So, but some people still do for sure. I recommend my clients go to like events, you know, charity events, festivals, try to meet people even a coffee shop or, you know, go their meetup.com. It has a lot of great events and at least you're meeting people that are like-minded and have similar interests. So that's a great place to meet people. And there's also a video online um, dating events. In fact, we're having one tonight uh, at five o'clock. It's Filter Off and there's City Saloon. So those two have online video dating, which you can kind of just meet people they put you together with a filter. Obviously, that's why it's called filter off. But at least it's a little bit better than online dating where you can spend hours online dating and never meet meet anybody. Not everyone is in the greatest of moods today about it being Valentine's Day. If people are feeling kind of disheartened, they're feeling down, what would you tell them? What message do you want people to take away from what is just to them maybe just February 14th as opposed to Valentine's Day? That's a great question because I think Valentine's Day – puts pressure on everyone, couples included, right? Why one day out of the year should you show your love for somebody? I think it's a little crazy. But when you're alone, I tell my clients and people that I know that sometimes you have couples out there that aren't happy. So, you know, being alone and being able to make space for the right one and take care of yourself until they're here and not feeling alone in a relationship, focus on that and self-love and self-care. Spend time with family, friends, maybe do something you've never done, you've always wanted to do today, or go to a spa or go shopping. But just make it a, a happy day and celebrate you as an individual because someone's coming down the pike and you've made space for the right one by not being with the wrong one. I like that. That's a great, healthy message. Do you have a recent history story that you were involved with that inspired you, a match that you helped make and facilitate that gives you hope for people looking for love out there? Yeah, I do. Um, one of my favorite clients, um, he was blocking himself a lot. Like, you know, wouldn't go with was very picky. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. He was still hung up on one of his exes. Um, and I really pushed him to really give this woman a chance. And now they're completely madly in love. And he's every day is like, thank you so much for pushing me and getting me out of my comfort zone. And it's really awesome to see them together. Christy, you you mentioned briefly that Valentine's Day can be a lot of pressure for couples too. So what are your thoughts for for couples today, either whether it's like 
how to bring some new energy into your relationship or how to think about Valentine's Day so that it isn't just, you know, one day a year I buy you flowers. No, I think that's great. I think with couples, you have to, I hate to say work at it, um, but you do, you have to stay connected and make sure you appreciate each other and you know your love language and that type of thing. So I think today, if um, just trying something new for a couple to get out of their comfort zone, something they haven't done and want to try, doesn't necessarily today mean you have to go out to dinner and the flowers and the whole bit, like get out and do something fun. I think that, I think that connects couples more than anything than just a dinner here and there. I love that. Overall, Christy, just for those who, whether it's couples or people who are single, what is maybe one last thing you want to leave with us out here on this Valentine's Day? Just uh, like self-love, self-care. And even when you're in a relationship, you have to really love who you are and your life. That leads to a healthy relationship. So focus on you. Do something fun, something that makes you smile. Even if you don't feel like going out, watch a comedy show or something that gets your your good feel-good endorphins up. And I think that's something that people can do if they don't feel like going out, you know, and they don't have people they can be around. How can people check out your event and everything else that you're doing? Uh, if they go on my Facebook page, go look up Christy D. Price. You can find that. And I have Instagram. My Instagram is matchmaker Christy D. Price. My website, ChristyDPrice.com, has a lot of the events and tips and tricks around Valentine's Day, too. Oh, and I have an Instagram Live I just started. That's Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon. So, I'll be giving tips there as well. Christy Price, thank you so much for coming on the Johncast and joining us on this Valentine's Day. Thank you and happy Valentine's Day to all of you and have a wonderful day. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. And that is the Johncast for this Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2022. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you tomorrow. You have a good one. <laughs>